Ooh. <laughs> it's do your spook do a spooky noise. <laughs> I like troll you, noise. I mean you did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good spooky laugh. Um hey everybody. Those aren't real. We're here uh welcome back to Filmhouse. Uh Adam's dead, so spooky. His ghost will hunt Filmhouse. Um we're doing a very spooky film house. Uh, Halloween is right around the corner, so we decided to do scary, spooky movies. The scariest movies we can get our, our claws on. All the way for the rest of the month. All for the rest of the month. We got a bunch of spooky movies Dude, all lined up. basketball lamp. What's that all about? And uh, as Lawrence, thank you for pointing out. Uh, or Actually, uh, I'm James Holmes. Um, I'm sitting in for Adam. Um, I'm in charge of the spooky, spooky movie gatherer. Um, and uh, I'm joined by two guests. After you, my dear. My name is Elise Willems. I saw Troll 2 for the first time. Uh, however, I had seen the best worst movie Troll 2 documentary a few years ago. We'll be talking about Troll 2. We're talking yeah. about Troll 2. Sorry, did I get that away? <laughs> <laughs> talking about uh, Troll 2. Uh, now the audience is clicking away. Uh, Lawrence Sontag, having seen a lot of shitty movies in my day, I've seen Troll 2 already. Mm -hmm. But I stand to learn so much about this wonderful disaster and today, and I'm excited mm -hmm. for that. You are the troll. It's true. I am you're, the troll. You're Is that what you're named after? Persona. Kind of, yeah. It was, a, it was a grand point of inspiration, mostly because it was a grand disaster by somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Mm. Okay. Well, um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about Troll 2 today, a movie that I think everyone can agree is pretty bad, but that doesn't mean we can't enjoy it. Yep. Maybe figure out why it's bad. Um, and figure out why we enjoy it as well. Um, this episode is brought to you by Blue Apron. So we'll uh, we'll be hearing more. And then also, towards the end of the show, we're also going to have our, uh, what is it? Air Bud Coup? Oh, yes. Abcu? Bud Watch, I think. Is it Bud Watch or Abcu? Air Bud know. Cinematic I'm Universe? Calling it Bud we're going to have our check-in with uh, John and Bones to uh, see uh, how they're how they're doing with their airbud check-in that'll be at the end of the show. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it. We, we have best ups rolling. It's a jam-packed show for you, fellas. It is a jam-packed show. Oh, my gosh. Sponsor? What? Sponsor? She already called it just out. did it. <gasps> You're so good. Spooky! Yeah. yeah, I know. You're so good. Oh, my gosh. You just... I did it. It's seamless. No one even Man, heard it. Wow. Good thing we fired and then killed Adam. I guess I was thinking about Troll 2. You were probably thinking about Troll 2. So, so Troll 2, for those of you that don't know, it's a controversial... <laughs> Uh, controversial movie. Um, it came out. It is the sequel to a movie called Troll. But the first thing most people notice when they're watching it is they state pretty explicitly in this film that it's goblins. Yeah. Everything they're dealing with is goblins. The town goblins. that they travel no to is Nilbog, which is goblin backwards. Spoiler. They, oh, there yeah, are no spoilers trolls on Troll 2, in the, the movie whatsoever. Yeah, yeah this is a spoiler. Zero trolls. Um, but this is uh, just like a notoriously bad film mm -hmm. that kind of came out in like 89 or 90 and then started circulating around. I remember seeing it on TV as a kid on like some sort of HBO. like Cinemax or maybe I know, not HBO. A lot of the actors didn't see it until it was on HBO. Yeah, so I remember seeing it on TV, but you know, you don't realize you don't discern that it's bad. It's just like off-putting, like like just a bad taste in your mouth. Um and so it's basically the story of a little kid uh who travels with his family on vacation to a country town to get away from it all but unfortunately they go right into a nest of goblins uh, and the goblins they want the to they want to turn these folks into um they want to turn them into plants so they can eat them because the goblins are vegetarians mm -hmm. they can't eat people unless they're eating and they use green stuff that you can see right yeah. uh, on the screen we're watching a scene where the kid sees his parents frozen about to eat the stuff that transforms them into trees so bravely he pees on the table 
and uh, and saves his family. But anyway, it's just that's the basic premise. They get to the city, the village, and then they're trying to navigate through the goblins' nests and what have you. With a little help from the ghost of Grandpa. That's right. Ghosty Gramps pops up. And let's not forget those irascible rapscallions, the three dudes that follow them in a trailer because they want to get la-la-la-laid. Yeah. Yeah. Are they like the friends of the daughter's boyfriend? Yeah, you bet they are. So daughter who, as it turns out, entirely meaningless to the entire film. Well, that's Mm -hmm. not fair. Uh, Well, she does have a few brief... she, She is the... 80s write-up after every scary sequence. She lets the pressure off, uh, mm-hmm. but never sexually because she's pure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she has a boyfriend that came along with him for some reason. And then, yeah, his twerpy-ass boner friends came along in an RV. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they can afford an RV at 19, but hey, Nilbog, that's life. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the cast and crew we're dealing with. You got the family, and then you got a crew of disposable assholes who get killed by goblins in interesting mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> it's basically a setup for a bunch of stuff to happen. Um, if you look in, the the most interesting thing about this movie is it's not necessarily watching it's it. It's not the movie. People talk about going and seeing bad movies and stuff, and I don't think this should be in the same ilk as, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky oh. Horror Picture Show is a cult film, but it's it's well-made, yes. it, although strange. I think if there's a Halloween party mm-hmm. and people are a few uh, cups of spooky punch in mm-hmm. and they haven't seen it, Ideal time to put it sure. on. No, yeah, you can have fun with it. I wouldn't put it in the same breath as Rocky Horror Picture Show, personally. Yeah. But I do think I know what you're getting at, which is that the the movie itself is not what as is as interesting as the production and the BTS of this film. The story of the film is pretty interesting. Uh, at least you want to jump us into the yeah. kind of the some of the background. Nothing I know, about this. There's so. there's a documentary. I know you've seen it. Yeah, the documentary uh, delves into this in a much more interesting and. Uh, actually like firsthand perspective because it has a lot of the cast and crew and it's it's made by the kid who you know now adult it's funny because he went from being in one of like the most uh like malign movies of all time to like making a really well-received documentary um but basically the movie was made by a german couple who I didn't? Oh, they, oh sorry, Italian. Italian. Oh. Yeah. Italian. Oh, was it made in Germany then? No. Oh, it was made in Utah. Oh my God, the whole thing's like a. Um, <laughs> it's a it was, documentary. It was made again. by an Italian couple who mm. didn't speak English, um, and so they couldn't really communicate with the actors, and the. The they also wrote it too, right? They wrote it. So, so the, they, well, the wife, they wrote, the wife it. wrote it because she went vegetarian. All her and friends I guess, were going oh. vegetarian. No, no, all her friends were going vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that, that's that quote pissed her off. Right. She she got pissed <sighs> off because everyone was vegetarian. So she wanted to make so. this as a commentary on vegetarians. Except um, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do really that. provide one. There's really no commentary aside from the vegetarians are the bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Which, and it doesn't really provide any like reconciliation mm-hmm. between yeah, that and anybody else's values. Yeah. Um, if somehow being a vegetarian meant that you became cold and inhuman, but it doesn't punch that through at all, mm-hmm. it's just like it really it just paints vegetarians as backwater hicks, which doesn't make sense because vegetarianism is, I would say, You're stereotypically too much about it. I know she I, went, I don't like vegetarians, and they went, "How much money do we have? They we have to film in Utah." Was that a They're hicks. Was that a and and um, beyond the vegetarian aspect, the movie was originally Goblins, as James mentioned earlier. And if the only reason it was rebranded as Troll 2 was just because it would have the the identity of being a sequel. It would have the brand recognition, I guess, of being... All the fans of Troll. You know, the fan, all those Troll fans flooding the theaters. Well, you're thinking, 
It must have been good enough to warrant a sequel. And the sequel must be good enough to warrant yes, being a sequel. That, that Therefore, I will go see it. That's business. That's business. So that's why, like, there, the troll, or sorry, Goblin Backwards is the this name is of the town. moment. Yeah, this is, yeah, this this is, is a the famous big scene. So I forgot. Meme yeah. scene. The context of this meme. There it is. He's got a fly he on his didn't forehead. Even move. There's yeah, a fly on Constant his forehead. Well, that's the thing. The, uh, a, a Wiccan slash Pagan spell had been cast upon him that froze him in place, mm -hmm. thus resulting in his wooden read of that line. Well, and there was no cut, by the way. It goes directly into her dancing in a hallway. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry to spoil this scene for you, but that is what happens. But yeah, so so anyway, th there was an Italian filmmaker and his wife filming with an entirely Italian crew, right? <laughs> And most of the actors were locally sourced to they, make it. They thought they were showing up to be extras, and then they all got parts as leads. It was like when you're going to do a mass <laughs> audition, true. you it's just ask people around if you want to come and show up for this thing. And they're like, sure, we'll give, we'll give you some food or whatever. But they ended up being put into the film. The, the father was a dentist. He was just a local dentist it who had like a day a off and thought it'd be fun. And they were like, why don't you play the dad? He has some of the most lines in the whole film. Um, and so he had never acted before, and I don't think he ever acted afterwards. Um, and then it was also being produced by a notoriously cheap indie producer mm -hmm. who like, who like has, has gone on record saying that movies don't matter. It's how much money they make that matters. Like there's no value to a movie other than the value of the movie. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's and an so song. it was, it was doomed from the start. Um, but I do think there are some things, there's some shining beacons. That's what I like doing about stuff like this. I like picking out shining beacons. Well, Oh, you can a, see his shoulders outside of the thing uh, a little bit. I'm going to make a little bold statement here. Right. That Troll Didn't 2, that. we've watched a lot of bad movies, mm -hmm. I think, and I would say it's not as bad. It's not It's not a 6%. No like, way. Well, it, this, it's not shot that poorly. It's not edited that poorly. The acting's bad. I attribute a lot of that to the fact that the writing was very bad and, and the... The director and his wife were very, very specific about they didn't want ad libbing. They they really wanted the actors to stick they, to. They the didn't script. even speak English. Yeah, and vision. they and then so I think the actors would sometimes raise their hand and go like, "Do you want us to say this yeah, like just, a normal yeah. human being like an would?" American and they would say, no. Kid. "No." They'd say, "Absolutely not." No. Say it word for word. Um, like like Neil Breen. Yes. We watched a lot of his movies, especially so, Lawrence. You're a big fan. Would you say yeah. that this is Neil Breen level? No. Um. And and it's. As as previously indicated, I, I do tend to overly psychoanalyze these things. Uh, I think the magic sauce of a Neil Breen or a uh, Tommy Wiseau is that they unknowingly put so much of their own weird fantasies and desires into the movie. It's just like a 13-year-old kid who's writing a short story and invariably it goes towards some hot like elderly woman boning him or something. I'm gonna We've I'm all gonna been there. Kiss her. Yeah, <laughs> I have to kiss her. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna play the main character and I'm gonna kiss her. Yeah. So, so part of the enjoyment of those is you get this weird, unintentional window into the mind of a lunatic, or a knowing lunatic, uh, depending on what you want to buy into Neil Breen. But there's not so much of that in here, aside from the just one-dimensional hatred against vegetarians. Mm -hmm. um, but it is not as broken as a lot of trash movies I've seen. Uh, man, you can just go on Amazon Prime. And find loads of horrible horror. And I don't mean horrible fun like Troll 2. I mean shot on a cell phone, yeah. no script, edited together, no ending. Bad it's just kind of like screenshots yeah. well, like nowadays. You, you mentioned Neil Breen. This is not a Neil Breen film. No. This has a rig that's a t on the front of a police car oh, yeah. that's filming them. It's getting all of the coverage that you would generally get for a shot like this. Everything is in focus and well lit mm -hmm. because it was an actual film crew working on it. Yeah. The problem is no one knew what it was about. Uh huh. 
and no one could communicate to anyone how to how to make that happen. Yeah. It was just a bunch of kind of nonsense and gibberish to everybody. So so every all individuals are doing their job fine, but that doesn't matter when no one's working towards the same goal. It's like Overwatch in that way, you know. <laughs> well, that's the uh, that is the exact gray area where where <laughs> camp. <laughs> there it is. Sorry. They even printed up decals and stuff. Know. There's a scene in later on in the film where someone's on fire and Lawrence is like, "Fire burns like, are that's really a, expensive." Yeah, that's an expensive thing. But um, uh, yeah, that 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 gray area between each individual person doing their job well enough to make a yeah. movie that actually is a movie, but then disconnected enough that there's so many gaps of comprehension mm-hmm. there. Uh, and that's that's the Tommy was so magic. That's the Neil Breen magic. That yeah. is the Troll Two magic. That's what all those things have in common. Some broken telephone. Yeah, too. yeah. Essentially, yeah. Uh, it's it's the earnest desire to make something good combined with the weird mix of personal agenda, combined with the utter lack of experience to actually make a good thing, and then all that together. But they get good people to surround them to like get the shot well and get it actually lit, so you can see it and you can hear it, because those those base mechanics have to be there for it to be something you can even get through. Uh, I'll say this is in terms of this holds the mantle not just because of the documentary, the namesake documentary, but this holds the mantle of like best worst movie for a lot of people. And I think it is a pretty good uh, claim to that throne um, because just like we're, we just put on a best of sequence. We, we watched the whole thing. We watched the whole thing already, but we just put on a best of sequence so that way we didn't have to keep clicking through. But the best of is almost the entirety of the film. Sure, yeah. yeah. Because every single scene has something else wacky or strange in it. Um, Can you that, put- What's up? Can you click back to that shopkeeper and tell us the little story? Oh yes, I will. I'm happy to. Um, so where there's a sequence in the film where one of the kids uh, goes into the shop to buy something. I don't know why, but he ends up in the shop and this really weird dude. Who honestly, like, if you thought he was a character he's actor or something, out. you'd be like, oh my gosh, he's really strange. Well, it turns out the backstory of him. This is why the documentary is so fun to watch too. This guy was just, I guess, he was in a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. a local mental hospital to where they were shooting and then they cast him in this role and he just filmed on his he had a day every like week or so you have a day to go out and explore the world and hopefully not murder people or whatever um well hang on yeah that's that's a different that's not yesterday was mental uh Illness oh. Awareness Day. Okay, uh-huh. let's not. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. But he totally wanted to kill people. Just he had a day to go out. He had a, a day to go anyway, out, and he had a day to be an extra on set. It's it's an interesting thing because they got a very unique performance out of this guy. Look at that. And and he, but that's just he didn't realize. Also, he did admit to smoking a ton of pot. Nice. Before filming this, and doesn't remember most of it. So, um, the, it's just weird things that like happen. This wouldn't happen in a trip triple A. Yeah. You know, Will Smith starring Summer Tentpole. You wouldn't accidentally get a guy from a mental hospital hospital on his day off to Just come do this. Wandered on set, smoking a bowl. Yeah, slap that pipe out of his hand and get a vest on him. Yeah, I see well, stardom. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. I, I like the makeup's not bad. No, it's makeup. It's makeup, but yeah. it was there, and it and there are some there are some like interesting old school punching scenes specifically on her, that it's like. Pretty well lit, mm-hmm. functional enough. Yeah. Ah, it's 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 fun to see. It's fun to see the difference. What were you gonna say, Elise? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, just to the Lawrence's point about visually how it is. Uh, you think of a of a movie like Little Shop of Horrors, mm-hmm. and you kind of compare visually. Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's a little, little Shop of Horrors is a little more camp. Well, I mean, this is campy too, but 
considering the time period these you know they're made not that different like in terms of visuals mm -hmm. right i think it really is just the script that is totally uh making this movie just tank one thing this movie did really well whether intentionally or not was make me want to eat every single thing that they offered it, oh, it's really? like they're basically being tempted by all the stuff in uh in hook when the mm. imaginary yes. dream sequence the technicolor food like all the all the technicolor yes. food i was like oh i'd eat that cake well, look, look at, that at the look at the smoke through. machine nice. going in the background that was a total act they just had hvac running inside yeah. and then all the smoke <laughs> i guess out. i guess the only person on set who like spoke any like english um really was uh i'm gonna throw that on everything wrong with troll 19 minutes or less um can we beat it <laughs> and uh so the only thing that really kind of uh, stood out to me was... Oh, sorry, sorry. We may not be able to rebroadcast this, because this is, like, edited at somebody else's content. I guess. So, I mean, so, Troll so 2. someone else's thing. Um, Cinemasker is kind of you a know, big I'm thing. Put on, we, I'll we put on the trailer for Best Worst Movie. The audience might call us out if we rebroadcast their video. Um, the costume designer, I guess, was the only person who spoke... Um, who spoke any sort of English, really, like an actual fair amount of English. Uh, and I thought that was, personally, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but they even they admitted that they were given budget to basically get like only a handful of items. So only one of the one of the goblin masks can move its mouth. Uh, um, all the rest of them are like repurposed in other different sections and stuff like that. And then I guess it, they even, that cheap producer that I mentioned even used the uh even use the uh costumes in some other movie that he made later sweet yeah make so that money he, he he gets his he gets his money's worth out of it that's for damn sure that kid had a good look a good early 90s look mm -hmm. big old front teeth freckles well I bit get of the, an old man forehead though. i get the feeling he was probably like some kid i want to be a child actor and Michael then he got Paul cast Stevens. in this thing i uh, i do really appreciate his story mm -hmm. of coming full circle and making the documentary yeah well, he seemed, he's honestly, the kid isn't a bad actor. No, he, he's he trying his heart out. He has out. garbage stuff, but he's like swung. the things he says are strange. Um, I guess, I guess we could talk a little bit more about, cause we only got so far in the best scenes, but from there, there's a lot of really good stuff. Um, as Lawrence points out, they do such a big thing with this daughter mm -hmm. and like, oh, she's like a tough chick who plays by her own rules. That goes out the window. Nothing ever happens there. Um, the biggest thing is the grandfather. Yeah. Is he he's dead? Yeah. But then he shows back up and he's a ghost man. He's like a ghost man. Yes. He he is a benevolent spirit that is looking after his grandson. Not his son for mm -hmm. some reason. I'm assuming it's paternal grandfather. Yes, mm -hmm. I think it is. Uh so he doesn't give a shit about his his son, but his grandson is the one that he's always got the the keen eye out for. Mm -hmm. Intervenes at the right time to uh to guide the situation mm -hmm. in his grandson's favor. Has Mysterious anti-goblin magic. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure exactly where that comes from. Well, sometimes people can't see him. Sometimes they can see him. Uh, sometimes he can interact with the real yeah. world, and sometimes other times he, he can't. Mirrors. Sometimes he's just floating. It's really strange because <laughs> it's really weird that they they do the they go the grandfather route when it could have just been the kid has an imaginary person that he sees yeah. or a friend that's a magical fairy and then the fairy ends up you know helping him. it's weird that they were like it's got to be a grandfather right. they could, well i think that was done entirely to give them a framing or an opening 
similar to Princess, Princess Bride. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it, it opens with a grandfather, the grandfather reading the book and a reenactment of what he's reading. Mm-hmm. So I think the directors just had a boner for Princess Bride. And they're like, let's just do that. I guess. Um, there's a lot of let's just do that, I think. I love it, the Princess Bride. Yeah. hands everywhere. It is funny to follow up on like kind of the like the aftermath of this because you know it got a cult following the documentary came out they started doing like the Alamo Drafthouse tours and mm. like they go on tours and stuff and all of the actors independently have basically said how the production was yeah but the director has denied everything they've ever said it's strange all the actors are taking it in stride yeah. they're they can appreciate how bad it was yeah. and kind of laugh at it now and sort of uh, you know, look at it in a different light in a fun way. The director cannot do that at all. Mm-mm. And I guess oh, I read about a story where like he they were they were doing there was like some cast meetup where like all the cast was doing a panel or whatever and the director stormed in and like called them all like shit actors <laughs> and like blew up at them all. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's like to me this would never feel like I can't imagine the person that made this movie would feel like this is such personal work to them that that now, 30 years later, they feel so attacked by disparagement toward it. I, I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I don't I'm know. not, I'm I don't not know. being sensitive I toward them, maybe. I don't, I don't recall if he had, like, a big career or anything afterwards. Like, I'll look up see what, I mean, what I he did. If he's still working, he might be so narrow-minded that he thinks that this is reflecting poorly on his abilities as a director and his ability to get new work. Which, yeah, but... You know, come on. Twenty-five years later, uh-huh. I don't know. I'm not uh, saying it makes sense, yeah. but I don't think somebody who looks at the world in a very sensible way made this film. So yeah. to me, it makes sense that somebody might be so petulant that which, they're willing to. Which again, going back to oh, some of the things actually look really good, like in terms of the lighting and stuff. There is also a lot of garbage in this movie. Yeah, there is. Most like every single shot of the goblins are all is all garbage. It's all trash. Um, and yeah. so like. There are things, whether or not you speak English, like looking through the lens, it's your job to try default to the director. It's not your job to be boss on set unless you're the boss on set. But looking through that lens, you're probably like, oh boy, there's how can you possibly salvage this person in a rubber mask? That's what they thought about Star Wars. Look where I went. It seems like the director was making a lot of. Or no, he made a fair amount of cheap B movie horror before Troll Two. Mm-hmm. Following Troll Two, it looks like he just kind of went back to to making like Italian and did his cinema. Career. It yeah. could have blown up. I mean, I can I I do feel for him though because I can't I can't even imagine directing a full production in your native tongue, let alone directing a production in a language you don't speak. Yeah. Um, however, in that case, he probably should have seceded more power or jurisdiction to people that could help him. It requires a certain amount of ego. It does. To yes. do that. And I think there is a fair amount of ego in in this movie. Yes. The presumption that it's going to be fine. Every don't worry, shut up, just well, say my lines. I think it takes an I think it takes that quality to make a movie regardless. Uh I I haven't directed. I, I, <laughs> what? I know, yet. weird, right? <laughs> uh, but I think I think to do that job, you do need an amount of shut the fuck up and do the, do it this way. Um, yeah, you have to be d- decisive. You have to be authoritarian, mm-hmm. th- like authoritative, mm-hmm. you know. Or work with people that are igno- already acknowledge your authority, but if you're just bringing in a crew, I think there is an amount of Commanding respect. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, otherwise, you lose a lot of time. Like, people ask questions, and it's just like, we don't have time. Do it now. A lot of that stuff. Like, if somebody's like, well, why don't we sh- light it this way? 
and then you have to have it out with them every time that just burns time on yeah. set it burns money so i think i won't say good directors but directors that can finish projects typically have that that um, that quality to them but yeah i'm still so i'm still so confused by the daughter I don't know why she's in the movie. Aside You're from really fixated on this daughter. No, I. I mean, I'm fixated on all daughters. Well, no, uh, over the. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna cut that. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's to me everything else is in the movie for a reason, mm-hmm. um, or at least there's a payoff of some sort. Mm-hmm. The daughter has none. She interrupts. She doesn't do anything. She interrupts no scene. Th- the the kids are there to get killed. Fine. Mm-hmm. But she's there. She's there to provide levity after after scenes of intense terror. Yeah. I guess I but some anyone else could have done that. Yeah. Ah. I think a lot of times you just default to money and time. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe there was they had a plan for what they wanted to do with her. Poor writing. Um, we won't we won't spoil the end of Troll 2. Um, you'll just have to watch it and see uh, as things spiral out of control, everyone gets a taste of what it's like to face a goblin taste oh, in okay. Nilbog. Um, and good so uh, so yeah, you should if you haven't seen it, I I think it's, this is worth watching. How many? Of course. How many yeah. spooky, spooky uh, lanterns of can filled with candy, uh, mm. but uh, vegetarian candy? Are it's you gonna get? It's not scary. No, it's not scary. But you can just grade the film based off spooky lanterns. <laughs> uh, I'll give it two out of ten spooky lanterns. Two out of ten oh. spooky lanterns. All right. I'm gonna give it two out of two trolls. Two out of two trolls. Trolls that are filled nothing. with candy. Yeah. And the candy is also vegetarian and green. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna give it one moving mouth out of 10 actual masks of goblins. Oh, that's rough. Um, You're asking for the director to bang on your door and scream at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that um, sweet stunt. But yeah, it's it's a movie. I think most people have heard of it. Uh, if you haven't actually si- seen it, I think you should sit down See and to watch it. to be part it. of the zeitgeist. Do you know why they keep their arms up when they're burning? Uh, you know why they do that? Why? Because they put them down, then the flame will climb up their ha- arms faster. And if they, it goes in front of their face, fire's hot, and it'll just fucking hit you in the face, and you won't Classic. be able to breathe. Classic trolls. Just live my um, life with my arms up. Got it. <laughs> so, uh, so next week we have another spooky movie coming. Oh should we, boy! Should we say what next week is? Sure. Why tease not? it out. Because then you can watch it too. Yeah. If you guys. Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, so next week we're going to be watching new. actually a movie that I genuinely was frightened of as a kid. Really? Uh, Killer clowns from outer space. I've never seen that one. Never seen it. We're going to watch is it that. Trauma? What? Is that trauma? Or is it just? I think it's just one of the weird movies that oh, ha- yeah. came out in the early nineties. Right. Um, but we're going to be watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Very frightened. It's got killer cotton cotton candy. Killer cotton candy in it. Um, It's a spooky movie, so we'll be back next week to talk about that. Um, And I'd like to take a minute real quick to thank Blue Apron for sponsoring this episode of Film House. Uh, Blue Apron, as you know, is the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in the country that makes incredible and fresh home cooking accessible to everyone. Uh, Blue Apron partnered with a ton of local farms to ensure that your food is sustainably sourced, responsibly raised, and they only provide the amount of each ingredient that you need so nothing goes to waste. It's true. Um, uh, cooking together builds strong family bonds. Elise and I like to put on some music or maybe a podcast, mm-hmm. and then we'll cook together. Yeah, and he it's likes fun. to cook, and I like to eat. I like, it works out pretty well for you both do? of us. Yeah. Um, some super spooky meals coming this month, I don't think they actually are, uh, summer vegetable and egg paninis Ooh. with cal- calabrian, Ooh. chili, uh, mayonnaise, and caprese salad, or maybe your garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad mm. and roasted purple tomatoes. Oh, um, If you don't think any of those sound good, that's okay, because 
Blue Apron prioritizes variety, mm -hmm. and every single week you can pick from a bunch of options and then go with that. This is a good scene where they eat yeah. corn together and the corn pops. Um, it's very hot. There are high quality meals for under $10 a person. Uh, Blue Apron is affordable, it's flexible. You can pick whatever you want. If you don't want meat, you're a goblin. You huh. don't want meat. There's Careful. options for you in Blue Apron. Uh, everything's easy to make. <laughs> you just follow the steps, and everything is also guaranteed fresh. Uh, so check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash filmhouse. That's H-A-U-S. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Uh, that's blueapron.com slash filmhouse. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Thank you, Blue Apron, for sponsoring this episode of Filmhouse. And without further ado, the moment everyone's been sitting through this waiting for, let's toss it over to uh, John and Bones in the exact same seats we're in uh, to talk about the ABCU. Bud Watch. Bud Watch. The, it's a segment called Bud Watch. Bud Watch on the ABCU. Bud Watch, talking about the ABCU with our ABCU update. Go ahead, take it away, guys. Hey, James. Oh, hey guys, I'm here now. Hey, Thanks for inviting us back. Now. Absolutely. I didn't technically invite you back. This is the first time I've invited you because this is the first time I've Well, thanks for inviting us back. You got it. Yep. Uh, so, as promised, you guys are going to follow us up on the. I was unconfused. Ab Abku? Uh, Bud it's Watch? At least best calling Buds it. Bud Watch. Best Buds Fun Bud Watch. Wait, we, we talked about this. Uh, Funhouse presents uh, Bud House, Best Buds Bud Watch. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Put that on a shirt. So, in the first one, it was very grounded. Mm -hmm. uh, it was more a story about the boy and the dog. Yeah. He didn't even touch the. Airbud didn't even touch a basketball until 48 and a half minutes into the film. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in this one, it's much different. 26 minutes is when he first touches a football. Okay. Um, and. You know, the the first one s started the universe. It grounded it mm -hmm. in this little town yeah. with the characters. And this one really just expanded upon the universe. Uh -huh. There's a lot of, like, planting of seeds. Okay. Like, we actually meet uh, the monkey that will star in the MVP MXP. Is that Chris Pine? Spy mate. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah, wait, yeah. And Bob Hoskins is the, uh, is the coach this time. Um, and every scene... The coach is holding a hoagie in his hand, and he says, "Capiche?" Is he fat? Yeah. He's oh, he's fat. so big. There yeah. he is. Oh. That's Bob Hoskins. I gotta say, though, um, I'm sorry. I gotta interrupt. I didn't like that the motivation for for this boy changed entirely in this. Movie. In the first one, it was all about finding his place and missing his dumb dead dad and all this stuff. Uh -huh. And then this one, he's just he played. He was all about basketball in the first one. And then this one, some guy says, "Chicks like guys that play football," and like instantly, he's like, "Somebody put a football in my hand because uh -huh. I want to." Is it that the same kid? It. It yeah, is the same, same kid. So Chris Pine is yeah. the Airbud kid? In yeah. the first four movies, it's Chris Pine. Wow. And Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Um, now, another thing. Uh, uh, when you hear the word football, yeah. what organization do you think of? The XFL. That's what I said, yeah. That's actually, that's a much better, <laughs> that's much better. I was or the say CFL. It. Well, I was going to say the Russian Circus Mafia. Oh, them too. Uh, oh, yeah, they're yeah, the villains. Yeah, because they are the villains. Uh, they are putting together a ragtag team of super animals to perform for them. Uh, and they've just captured the Spymate MXP MVP monkey. And he's very smart. What? Um, they haven't. And then they see Airbud. Yeah, they haven't put him on a snowboard. But then they see Airbud, 
Are you still talking about this movie? Yeah. It's part of the larger universe, James. It's part of the larger universe. Are these things like <laughs> like end credits stuff, like Nick Fury at the no, end no, no, of no, no, Iron no. Man? There, there are post credit scenes, but um, the whole time they see Airbud in the beginning uh -huh. on TV, and they're like, oh, "We need, we need that dog." Wait, and that, that's that's they what they're accents. No, yeah, they're Russian, but that's what they sound like. Oh, okay. Uh, they're from some hobunk part of Russia. Okay. Um, and TV, TV's Nora Dunn plays the yeah. the head Russian. Don't know who yeah, the yeah, fuck yeah. You're talking about. She was on SNL. Um, and basically, I think the biggest part of this movie is that it's kind of Airbud in metamorphosis. Okay. Um, because he starts out, he understands English. Like when they get home from their first game. Uh, the the sister says, "Who won?" And Airbud goes, "Oh." <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, can I get my nose, please? Yeah. Thank you. There you go. Um, and so Airbud in the beginning of the movie, Airbud knows English, but he doesn't speak English. Uh -huh. um, and by the end of the movie, he gets captured by the Russian circus mafia, and he teams up with the monkey to break out and kill. Hell yeah. <laughs> the Russian circus mafia. He, oh, he murders he them. He dissolves them. Yeah. yeah. You guys uh, didn't watch this movie, did you? I watched I watched this movie. It doesn't sound like you're describing this movie. I no. I don't think I you understand how deep these movies go. I was going to have some interesting questions about how it feels like it's, you know, mimicking the Transformers strategy where the first one is about 40 or 75% sandwich wiki coming of age and mm -hmm. the other is 25% robots fighting each other but now it sounds like the, and then it gets more and more robots fighting each other and no. less and less story it sounds like this is following that same pattern but no. it sounds like you guys didn't watch no, it no they're he's, building he's a world here he's coming of age but he's coming of a different like now the coming of age in this one is about how he wants to fuck yeah and everything okay. he does is to get laid yeah okay well I mean that's and, kind of good metaphor yeah and I just want to say yeah um I'm just excited for this to to watch the series grow. So what's so what's next? What's the next? What's next? Uh, the next one is we're gonna go south of the border. Ooh. Air Bud World Pup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know what that is. Football. Hockey. Uh oh. Hockey. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see that. Thank you guys for for dropping in for yeah. the best buds bud watch. Uh, it's Funhouse Fun House presents, presents Bud House. Bud House. Colon. A best buds, best buds bud, bud watch. watch. Yeah, and yeah. It, if anybody out there, you can rent this movie. It's three dollars on YouTube. It's too much. You will know. I am right. The Russian circus mafia is real, but not anymore because Airbud and a monkey killed them. Dissolved them. Uh, yeah. P.S. The original. I hit the, this mic with my ear so many times. The original dog that played Airbud died before they filmed this movie. So. Yeah, he was. Didn't he get crushed by a light? I think. Yeah. I think like he just got a, crushed like, by a light or yeah. something. Yeah. Little, well, thank you guys. So. Thank you guys for coming on, and uh, I think everyone's going to be looking forward to next week. You guys come back next Absolutely. week. Yeah, definitely. To, to as, long pop, pop. Yeah, as long as you let us in the room. We'll Absolutely. Making. Thank you guys. Uh, back to you, James. And we're back, and it's over.